O loving God, for whom no door is closed and no heart is locked, draw us beyond our doubts. You are the strength of those who believe and the hope of those who doubt. Bless us as we gather and worship today. May we who have not seen have faith and receive the full blessings of Christ who is alive and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. Our scripture reading today is part of the Easter day story from John 20. It was still the first day of the week that evening while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities. Jesus came and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger in the wounds left by the nails and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. After eight, eight days, his disciples were again in a house and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief, believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, my Lord and my God. Jesus replied, don't, do you believe because you can see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. Then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in this scroll. But these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing, you will have life in his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may our thoughts and may my words be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. If I were to ask you who was the most famous doubter in the Bible, or ever for that matter. I'm pretty sure you would say Doubt and Thomas. He's had that reputation for a couple of thousand years now. Basically since the very first Easter. But if I were to ask you who were the first doubters of the resurrection, well, you might not say the 10 disciples. They were. Earlier in, in that chapter in John, we read of Mary crying at the empty tomb until Jesus calls her by name, Mary. And after she called him Rabbani, Jesus said to her, don't hold on to me. And he told her to go to my brothers and sisters and tell them 
I'm going to my father's, your father, to my God and your God. And then Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And she told them what Jesus had told her to say. And the disciples who heard Mary, heard from Mary this miraculous news of the resurrection, did they gather at a, a big crowd at the temple and proclaim the good news of the resurrection? Did they change their Facebook status from was lost but now I'm found? <laughs> no, they hid. They hid behind a locked door in fear. Well, as we just read from John, the disciples were behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities. I know some of the translations said fear of the Jews, but remember, all these guys were Jews. All of them. They were fearful of the authorities, the ones who had just gotten the Romans to crucify Jesus. Mary told them that she had seen the risen Christ, but their hearts were ruled by fear. Fear of the authorities was not new. Back in the seventh chapter of John's Gospel, we're told that the Jewish leaders were asking, looking for Jesus at the festival. I think that was the Festival of Booths. And they were asking, where is he? And the crowds, the crowds were murmuring about him. He's a good man, some said. And others were saying, no, he tricks the people. No one spoke about him publicly, though, for fear of the authorities. Well, the Bible has many cautions against letting our hearts be ruled by our fears. Take, take King Ahaz, for example, back in Isaiah, the seventh chapter. Isaiah tells the king how God had sent him to warn him, be, be careful, stay calm, don't fear, don't lose your heart over those two neighbor kings who were threatening the country of the children of Israel. Well, fear doesn't just feel bad. Fear has bad consequences. One of our presidents said, fear can lead us to lash out against those who are different or lead us to try to get some sinister other under control. Alternatively, fear can lead us to succumb to despair or paralysis or cynicism. Fear can feed our most selfish impulses and erode the bonds of community. It can, it can be contagious, spreading through societies and through nations. And if we let it consume us, the consequences of that fear can be worse than any outward threat. Well, another one of our presidents said that when it comes time to vote, if one candidate is appealing to your fears, and the others appealing to your hopes, you'd better vote for the one who wants you to think and to hope. And one more president, who served between those other guys, said freedom and fear, justice and cruelty have always been at war. And we know that God is not neutral between them. God does not favor fear. Or as that wise fellow Yoda told young Skywalker in the 20 wisest words in the whole Star Wars series, fear is the path to the dark side. 
Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, and hate leads to suffering. Well, when Jesus appears to the 10 disciples, and you remember, well, Judas was gone and Thomas was absent that day. Jesus does three things. First, he greets them. Peace be with you. Then second, he gives them a mission to continue his mission. As the Father sent me, so I am sending you. And third, he equips them by giving them the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And by the way, you and I owe a debt to old Doubting Thomas. As long as we're putting him down as doubting. Let me say one thing on his behalf. If you think about it, Thomas, Thomas was just asking for the same personal experience of the risen Christ that all the other disciples had had. Well, you and I are indebted to Thomas because when his initial doubt was replaced by that affirmation of faith, and when he responded, my Lord and my God, Jesus said that, do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see and yet believe. You see, because of Downton Thomas, Jesus pronounced a blessing on you and me and all the others who don't see and yet believe. We have not had that in-person living with Jesus, day-to-day -day experience that the disciples and the followers like Mary Magdalene had. But if you have had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you know him to be your savior, redeemer, your friend, you are truly blessed. Well, the last verse of John 20 explained why John wrote this gospel. He said that after this upper room experience, Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence. Signs that are not recorded in this scroll. I don't know about you, but I, I have a long list of questions I want to ask folks in the Bible. I get that chance one day. And one of them, well, just for example, the, the Queen of Sheba went to visit Solomon. The Bible says she asked him hard questions. Doesn't tell you what the questions were. Don't you wonder what she asked him? What would you ask Solomon? Well, one of the questions I want to ask is, John is, what's all the stuff you didn't write down? Those many other miraculous signs. Because what he wrote down is pretty impressive. What'd you leave out? John does tell us why he wrote the gospel. But these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and believing you will have life in his name. If you were to ask me, why, why do you stand in this pulpit preaching? What I'd have to tell you is so that you will believe that Jesus Christ is God's son and that believing you will have life in his name. So let me ask you, are you hiding in fear or living in faith? Receive the good news. Christ is risen from the dead. Tell the good news. The power of death shall no more oppress us. Live the good news. We are free to love 
as God has loved us. Now may God who raised Jesus from the dead bless you and by the power of the Holy Spirit raise you with him in glory. And may God bless the food that's been prepared for us and the fellowship we enjoy together. Amen. Amen. Amen.